great to see all of you. Yeah, I think I feel like as if I'm coming back home because I know most of you. And it's been a powerful worship time and prayer time. Thank you so much for that. There's such a presence of the Lord here. And it is a wonderful thing. I mean, I, I would love to hang out with you guys anytime, anytime. It is just awesome. I have to reserve my voice. I mean, it was like, you know, just how the brother was up here. I'm thinking, ooh, I better reserve a bit of a my, my voice. Don't shout too much. But, yeah, today, um, before we start, I had a dream um, this morning, early this morning, for, for us here. I really sensed that the Lord would want us to make a declaration to begin with. We are all here because we love Jesus, Yeah. And you talk about fresh wind, and that has to be the Holy Spirit moving. So I know that that's your heart. So will you just declare this together with me in the beginning so that the Holy Spirit can move freely, okay? Just say this after me. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of the living God here. And you live inside of me, Holy Spirit. I declare that you are Lord over me and here. And I renounce any spirit of taskmaster in Jesus' name. Yeah. So, Father, we just declare right now freedom, freedom over all of us as sons and daughters. We are not slaves, but Father, we are sons and daughters, and therefore there is freedom. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We say, you have your way, Lord, and we fully trust in what you have to say and what you want to do. Even as we are seated, whether it's at home or here in this service, listening, Father, we're tuning to your voice. And we just want to thank you for what you're going to teach us about prayer. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, as my uh, husband is working on this, uh, when Pastor Rachel invited me to talk about prayer, um, naturally I went back to the Lord and I prayed and I said, well, God, there is so many things that I could say about prayer. What do you want to talk to your children about? And I just really feel that the Lord was saying that it, these days, it's so easy to go online, buy a book, listen to an audible book about prayer. And I know that FGA is a church that prays. Because I came to the Lord in 1988 in FGA. And I grew in intercession in FGA. So you are in a good church. And I watch some of the YouTube, the past uh, services of how... You all know how to pray in the Spirit of God. But this morning, I feel that the Lord is saying that as children of God, sometimes as we move in prayer and in intercessions, inevitably there are thoughts that will creep into our mind about prayer. And the topic today, the title is Demystifying Prayer. Uh, I'm sorry that it's not up, but we're going to try and work that out. So there are thoughts that would come into our mind about our own expectation because of our own experiences in prayer. We have tagged along what we thought prayer is supposed to look like. And so the first point that I was going to flash on the screen is this. Prayer is all about me doing all the fighting. Have you ever had this sense that, you know, when you know that prayer meeting is coming up and you're thinking to yourself, oh no, spiritual warfare again? But, you know, in reality, that is, we are not the one who is doing all the fighting. We are not doing all the heavy lifting ourselves. Um, so there was uh, this story, a true story about this old lady And she would have to commute really far There is a mountain that is in her way Between her house 
and the shops that she has to go to. And she has to go a long way. As the years go by, as she grew older, it was becoming more and more tiring. So she just simply said to the Lord one day, not pleading, not begging, but she just said, Lord, I know you are powerful. You can move this mountain and make it easier for me to get my necessities. She left it there. A couple of weeks later, the authorities of her city came to her, knock on her door and say that we're going to build a highway through your place and we have to remove that mountain. It's going to cause a, a, you know, a bit of an inconvenience to you and we're going to use some explosive so we can blow up the mountain. And they say, because it's causing inconvenience to you, we're going to, give, we're going to compensate you. We're going to give you an amount of money for the inconvenience. So that's amazing. That's a miracle, isn't it? Literally, the Lord moves the mountain. But as she brings her need before the Lord, as friend to friend, the Bible tells us that God no longer calls us you know, as slaves, but as his friend. It is not her who needs to fight the battle on her own, but the Lord came and take over. Um, Dave and I, we uh, knew very clearly that the Lord has called us back to Malaysia. We were living overseas for more than 17 years. But as we came back, uh, we arrived in March and then COVID hit. We were in lockdown. We couldn't go anywhere. And the, um, you know, the visa that Dave has as a New Zealander is only for three months. But because of COVID, the government extended. But it came a time when he was supposed to have to leave to go back to New Zealand. At that time, it was quite difficult because we didn't know once we leave Malaysia if we could come back. And it was going to cost us tens of thousands because it was quite expensive at that time. Thank you, darling. And so we prayed. But where we were before, we have seen the Lord change the law of a country so that we can stay on with the visa that we needed. So we knew that God is able to move the mountain. So we say to the Lord again, you know, you've called us here. We know. We have prophetic words. We have dreams. We have scriptures. We have confirmation again and again. So, Lord, we just need you to change the law of the land one more time for us so that we don't need to leave the country, but Dave can start applying for the visa. You know what? That's exactly what happened. The immigration came back and told us he doesn't have to leave the country. He can uh, extend his time with a special pass and then start applying. So we want to praise God for that. So I wanted Dave to come up and just make a demonstration why we want to talk about demystifying prayer is... Uh, there's a chair somewhere. It's up here, darling. Here, here. <laughs> Okay, here's a chair, and here's my husband. Have a seat, darling. Just sit down. Yeah. So tell me, are you comfortable? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, quite cool, he's saying. This is a chair that is designed by the designer for a person to sit on, on it, to be comfortable. Now, darling, could you just flip the chair upside down, please? All right. Can you try and sit on a chair one more time? Are you comfortable? Ah, no. Oh <laughs> All right. So this is just a simple example to say that the designer who created this chair knew exactly what the function of this chair is about. We're not supposed to flip it upside down to sit on it. It doesn't work, right? So in the same way, when God designed prayer for us, when He models prayer through our Lord Jesus, there are a lot of lessons that He's teaching us. And prayer is one thing you can't just read about. You can't just listen, but you've got to put into actions. And you know that and you do it very well. So today, we want to talk about some of these expectations that we had just, uh, you know, earlier on. Okay, it's not 
working, darling. Up and down. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's not. Anyway, the first one we looked at is that we are not the one who is doing the heavy lifting on our own. We don't do the spiritual warfare on our own. We sang the song just now. The title of the song is Lion. And it's all about the roar of the lion. Okay, thank you. Yep, yep. So this is what happened when we pray. We're actually inviting the Lord Jesus as the Lion King to roar over our situation. Apparently in the African plains, when a lion roar, you can hear the roar about two miles away. So it's about 3 km, 3 kilometers away. And when someone hears the roar of the lion, suddenly they will be immobilized, paralyzed because of the sound. It was so terrifying. So imagine if the Lord Jesus released that roar over you like he did this morning and he wants to continue to roar over your situation, over the things that you have been praying, you know, the enemy will shatter. Basically, what happens is, is like in Psalms 29, Verse 1, it says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Can you say this with me? The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Yeah. And what happened? The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. Now, there are some species of uh, cedar tree that can grow as high as 180 feet. We're not talking about small tree. So when we are praying, we turn to the Lord Jesus in prayer and He released the raw. Anything that stands in our way will have to be removed. It will be shaken. It's like the vibration of the sound of his roar is going to split and tear into pieces any spiritual darkness, any hindrances that's standing in our way. You know what Anand was, uh, Pastor Anand was saying this morning, yeah, it is about believing in who God is in us. All things are possible to those who believe, right? The word, the key is believe. So it's not about you doing the heavy lifting all on your own when you're coming into prayer. Will you just agree with me? Just declare this because it's very powerful that when we say something, we are hitting the mark by the words that we are releasing. Just like we talked about the roar of the lion. Please say this after me. Thank you, Jesus. That when I pray, you fight for me. Amen? Do you believe it this morning? The second point that we, I feel that the Lord wants to demystify, it's like a bubble. Like, you know, sometimes you look at the cartoon, you have this bubble that they would often draw, the thoughts. And God wants to burst those bubbles, those things that comes into our mind that actually hinder us from being able to move like that chair, being able to move in a way that prayer is designed for us. The second thought that sometimes that we have is God will only answer prayers when you are good, when I am good. Have you ever thought like that? I've just done something naughty. I don't think God is pleased with me. There's no point praying because I am not good. Well, you know, God is holy. He's dressed in holiness. And He is good, He is kind, He is merciful. All those things are the attributes of who God is. That is God. And, but Jesus also say, the Bible tells us that God is love, right? God is love. So love does not depend on how well you do or how wrong you are. The fact is that because Jesus has died on the cross, we're coming to Easter very soon. Jesus has 
died on the cross for you and for me because He has taken our sins upon Himself so that we can be reconnected back to the Father, right? So, you know, when I was practicing other religion, um, I was the first uh, to become a Christian. Uh, as you know, as Malaysian Chinese, we will be into Taoism, Buddhism and all sorts. My mother used to say, when you come to someone's house, you greet the person. When you go past the temple, you pray to whoever, whichever deity is in, in that uh, temple. And I used to wear a talisman around my neck because you know, I wanted protection. But the strange thing is that I was told, each time when I go to the toilet, I need to put the talisman in my mouth because uh, this thing does not like dirty places. And it's supposed to protect me. How does that work? But Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not afraid of dirty places. Jesus is not afraid of sinners. And Jesus is not afraid of darkness, right? We know that in order for a place to have light when it is in darkness is to turn on the light. But, and who is the light? The light of the world is Jesus himself. So we don't need to wait till we are perfect before we can pray. The idea of praying really is turning to Jesus and say, help, I need your help, right? Pray is all about a relationship with God. Prayer is about humbling yourself, humbling myself and say, I need help. That's why I'm turning to you in prayer. I want to put this thought out to you. I want to challenge your thought and I know you can handle this. And that is, is it because sometimes you are so proud that you think you can handle all things by yourself. You don't need the help of God and that's why you don't pray. I just want to let that stay in your mind. Have a think about it. Right? While our friend, our New Zealand friend John, was practicing as a medium, he was listening to the voice of demons for his clients, he heard the voice of Jesus. He heard very clearly Jesus spoke to John and said, Repent and follow me. By the time we met John, he was powerfully moving in the Holy Spirit in prayer and then he planted a church and he's pastoring. The thing is that God does not need for us to be good before we come to Him in prayer. Uh, I really felt that the Lord is saying there are a lot of voices out there and not all the voices that you're hearing is your own voice. And there's been condemnation that's coming to you and saying to you that you have done something wrong and you know, you are not good enough. God is not going to listen to you. You cannot approach God in prayer. And so it's, it's, you might as well run away from God. Now, we are seeing this. Dave and I are seeing this more and more. A lot of Christians are turning away from Jesus and back into the world because they really believe that God does not hear them and would not want to listen to their prayer. But I'm here to tell you, that Jesus cares and He does want you to turn to Him. Do not be like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When they rebel, what they did, what did they do? They went to hiding. They turned away from Father God. You don't want to do that, my friends. I'm telling you, when you think that you are bad, that's when you need to run back to the Father. You run to Father God. You go to Jesus and you say, Lord, I am sorry I messed up again. Help me. And He will. He will. Before I was a Christian, I was involved in a sexual relationship with a guy. It was like an addiction. It was like I couldn't leave this person even though we were not happy together. We would quarrel every time we were together. I was totally miserable. But I couldn't walk away from that relationship. And... I became a believer. Even during that time, although I knew it was wrong, I couldn't walk away. And I remember I prayed to the Lord and I just simply say this, Lord, I need you to take this temptation away from me. When you say a prayer, just be ready to receive the answer that comes from God. Within the same week, he was transferred to, 
to another place, another town in Malaysia. So he, this temptation was removed from me, but I have to do my part. And my part was to say, I am going to try my very best not to go to see him, not to telephone him. I had to come to a place and say to him, the relationship is ended. But when I did that, the sense of peace just flooded my whole being. And I knew that it was just really not God for us to be together. You know, sometimes in desperation, we can just simply turn to the Lord and say, please help me remove this temptation from me. And the Lord says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If you're feeling weak today, it's a good time to pray. It's a good time to turn on the strength of the Lord. So again, I would say, don't run away from God when the time gets hard, when the temptation is growing stronger, when your challenges seems like a mountain. Part of the song uh, of this uh, lion is that, you know, every mountain will be, I think it is, I can't quite remember the, the lyrics, but it is supposed to be, the mountain is to be flattened. Every valley is to be raised up so that our pathway will be levered. Okay, will you please repeat this after me? Thank you, Jesus. I do not need to wait till I am perfect before I can turn to you in prayer. I will call on the name of the Lord in prayer. Yeah? The Bible tells us that, you know, when we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Now, the third point that we want to demystify is this. If you don't see your prayer answered now, your prayer has been a waste of time. Have you thought about that? Has it ever crept into your mind? I've just wasted my time praying because nothing is happening. God's delay are not God's denier. So a prayer delayed is, doesn't mean that a prayer is completely denied. Think about your prayer like that. It's like chopping a tree down. So it's not just one chop, one swing. The whole tree is going to topple over. Right? Some, the older the tree, the bigger the tree, the more swing you have to make for the tree to come down. Sometimes in prayer, the waiting time is important. As we are praying, God is softening their hearts, the hearts of the people we are praying. Or could be that God is softening our heart as we are praying. There may be things that we need to change in our heart before the prayer is answered. We can't figure out everything that, you know, the way that the Lord works. But we know one thing is that even when you don't see anything happening, God is still moving in the background. As I mentioned earlier on, I was the first Christian in the family. So we, you know, fasted and prayed. Um, FGA used to have all-night prayer and, you know, seven days fasting. And we were just praying and praying for the salvation of family. And then slowly, one by one, I began to see my family come to the Lord. You see Pastor Rachel sitting there right now. She's a powerful testimony of the result of not giving up, but you just keep praying for the salvation of your family. My sister Kim was the last one to become a believer. When my, when my mother was still alive, she used to tell me, she says, I don't want to die before I see your sister come into the kingdom because I want to see her in heaven one day. And she used to say that to Kim. But nothing was happening. On the day that my mom was having the intense pain, so painful that she, she could no longer speak anymore. And uh, I was not there, but my two brothers were there and my sister and I think Rachel's um, older sister and mother was there. And I was told that at, two, at one point of time, my mother just lifted up both her hands 
And she reached out and she touched my sister. On hindsight, I understood what my mother was saying. Basically, she was lifting up her hands to the Lord and saying, I'm ready, take me. But she has this longing in her heart for my sister to come into salvation. But she can't hold on anymore. I knew for years she was negotiating with the Lord Jesus. I don't want to go before I see my daughter coming into the kingdom of God. But at that time, she knew it was her time. So she surrendered to the Lord. The way that she touched my sister, I really believe that she was saying to the Lord, I surrender my daughter to you. Please save her. And I believe she was saying her last prayer for my sister. Now, was about a month or two after my mother's funeral. My sister accepted the Lord on her own, willingly. I want to testify to you that today, Kim is walking with the Lord. She's reading the Bible. She's worship, worshipping Jesus. Yesterday, we were praying in the car. She was praying for you. She was praying for this service. Now, don't tell my mother that her prayer was wasted just because she didn't see Kim come into the kingdom of God when she was alive. Why does it take so long for Kim to come in? Why does it have to wait until my mom passed away? I don't know. But her prayer was answered. Your prayer will be answered by the Lord. Proverbs 18.21 your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. This is the reason why we are making declaration this morning. Because by the power of your own mouth, your own word, you are saying, I believe, Lord, that you are with me. Like Anand said, you are with me. When I'm praying, I'm not doing the heavy lifting all on my own. And even if I don't see the prayer answer today, you will answer. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. So you've got to be patient. You've got to be hopeful, right? I mean, it, maybe one day it would happen, a miracle. Plant the seed, boom, and then the tree comes out. Wouldn't that be nice? So at the moment, that's not happening. Yeah, Jesus spoke to his disciples about a parable. And I, I know that you are very, uh, you know, well-versed with this. Luke 18, verses 1 to 3. He talks about, uh, you know, this, this widow who keep coming to the judge, the unrighteous judge. And she keeps saying this to him. Grant me justice against my adversary. She kept doing this again and again and again. But he refused, you know, for some reason. And then, and then one day, he said this to himself. Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. What kind of judge is that? She's so scared that she would come and attack him. But the Lord say, just listen. Listen to what this unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones? Are you the chosen ones? Are you the chosen ones? Yes? I don't hear anything. Yeah, I'm sorry because the face mask does muffle the, the, the voice. You are the chosen one. You are. You are. So you are the ones that He loves. His beloved. So, and will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones? That's you who cry out to Him day and night. Will He keep putting you off? I tell you, He will see that you get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? What is this faith? Faith is trusting in God. Do you believe Jesus when He says to you, all things are possible to those who believe? Do you believe when He say to you that I will answer your prayer? I will grant you justice. God hears. He does hear. 
Will you say this after me, please? Say it with all of your heart, okay? Thank you, Jesus, that my prayers are being established by your power. Fill my mouth with your words and give life to them, Lord. Yeah? We want to pray prayers and believe in our heart and trust that God is faithful and He will answer our prayer. And the next one that we want to look at is that often there's this thought that comes into our mind, prayer is boring. Honestly, have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought that, you know, oh, not prayer meeting again is so boring. But, you know, friends, I want to tell you that prayer is boring when you make it like a task, a to-do list. Tick, check, I pray this. Tick, I pray that, I pray this. If you're just going down the list of what you want, your personal agenda, yes, prayer can be very boring. But when you treat prayer as a relationship with either God the Father, the Son, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, then you know that something is happening. Just like this morning, did you feel the presence of God? Did you feel that something has happened, something has moved? I tell you, something has definitely moved. Because God is here. When you pray, you got to relate to Jesus. We are, you are the majority. You're not praying on your own by yourself. You have the Trinity with you. Okay, so you are not praying on your own. You're praying, you're partnering with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in prayer. And one way of breaking boredom is that you need to learn to listen to the voice of God in prayer. What is He saying to you? How are you supposed to pray? Who are you supposed to pray for? What are the scriptures to use? Now, you know, God knows your lingo. He does. He knows how you, how you think. He knows about your personality. He knows what is important to you and what is not. When I was invited many years ago to come to FGA and speak to a group of very special people. They have special needs. These brothers and sisters, they can't hear, they can't speak. And so they will use signing, uh, you know, when I speak. And I was thinking to myself, how can I teach about prayer? They can't speak. But the Lord said, I know their sign language. I hear the prayer in their hearts, the prayer in their mind. God knows your lingo. Do you know your own language? Do you know the language of the Lord? How does He speak to you? Have you identified? It could be an impression. It could be a thought. It could be a dream. It could be a vision. You need to know how God has been speaking to you. And be sure in that and keep moving in that in prayer. Now, prayer, we often think about praying out loud, right? Say something. But have you ever thought about praying through dance? Have you ever thought about praying through dance? Have you ever thought about rapping your prayer? Have you ever thought about singing your prayer? Have you ever thought about painting your prayer? There are many ways of praying. We need to ask the Holy Spirit what we can do to break the monotony, to break the boredom. Because maybe we are not speaking the language that the Holy Spirit has put within us. When we move in the language with the Holy Spirit, there is an excitement because you're going to see things happen very quickly. You're going to marvel at how, how much enjoyable, how enjoyable prayer can be when you move in the language that God has given to you. So prayer is not boring. When you learn to listen to God, when you move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it can come in different shapes or forms. So you've got to start paying attention. If you don't know, if you don't know how God speaks to you, maybe it's time to start asking God, how are you speaking to me now? And sometimes He will teach you different things as you grow 
in prayer as you grow in the Lord. So don't expect God speaking to you in just one way. A lot of the times the Lord speaks to me in dreams. More than 25 years ago, when the Lord told me that it is time to pray for the man I'm meant to marry, I, I was so busy serving God in here in FGA. I didn't have time to go park tall. I didn't have time for a boyfriend. I really didn't. I, did, I thought that, oh, I, I'm just going to be single forever. But then the Lord said to me, yeah, no, I want you to get married. And so I thought, oh, I better start praying for this husband of mine. I didn't know who I was going to marry. Like I said, I didn't have a boyfriend. But God gave me a dream. Apart from dream, He's given other, you know, confirmation as well. But in that particular dream, it was like a vision. I guess you can say it's a prophecy. Because the dream came to pass exactly what I dreamt one day when I was with Dave in Hong Kong, helping him to pack up so that we can go back to New Zealand and get married. That dream was exactly the same as it happened in the natural. You've got to pay attention. Has God been speaking to you in dreams? Have you been journaling? Have you been writing down? Or you just say, mm, I think I just had too much to eat. That, you know, or you just simply don't bother about writing down. If you really want to learn about the language of God, it's time to start journaling and you know, notice how God is speaking to you and pay attention and take note and respond. God can speak to us one way and many other ways, but it is up to us to respond. When God speaks, we need to respond. In a relationship, if you have a relationship with your leaders of, or even your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your parents, if you are the one who always do the talking, have you ever come across anyone who is always talking? It's so hard for you to put one word in a conversation. It, it becomes really boring, right? You want to like, oh, I, I don't really want to sit down with this person anymore because I don't get one word in. I don't get to say anything he, because he or she will always keep talking. He's not listening. So prayer become boring if we are the one who, you know, do all the talking. It's not boring to God, but it is boring to us. But God is really creative and God says that, you know, let me show you great and mighty things. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, right? The mind cannot conceive. So he wants to come in different ways and prayer doesn't have to be boring. Will you just say this with me? Declare this morning together with me. My God is a miracle working God. He is creative. He's never boring. My prayers are not boring. Because I am having a conversation with a living God, right? He's not dead. How can he be boring? So if he's living and he's constantly talking to you, you know, it is not boring. I remember uh, this was again when I was, you know, a young Christian driving to FGA for sometimes for prayer meeting. And, but at the same time, I was also struggling in the relationship. And I often would complain in my car. I do a lot of things in my car. I pray in my car, I cry in my car, you know, and, and complain in my car and all sorts. So that one day in my car, I was complaining to the Lord, life is so hard, you know, I'm going through this and that. It's the same complaint. And then suddenly I heard this audible voice. Could be that because God was speaking to me so loudly that it was like an audible voice. And I heard the Father say, are you suffering like my son Jesus suffered on the cross, hmm, that really stopped me from crying. You know, it was like my tears just dried up. And I, and I said, no, no, I'm not suffering like Jesus is suffering on the cross. But you know what? When I heard the voice of the Lord asking me that question, it was like a revelation broke, you know, burst forth inside of me. And from then on, I did not complain about the same situation. It was like that revelation just set me free. You know, when the revelation of God comes to us, it breaks us free. Yes, so again, 
you know, I just want to emphasize on this prayer is having a relationship with God. If you want to see the fresh wind of God blowing and He does want to blow, have a conversation with God. We don't need to wait till we gather here, right? While you're in the car, while you're at home, while you're on your own, you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and flood you. We have friends who were baptized in the Holy Spirit on their own. Nobody prayed for them. I know that we have this SOP that we need to follow today. We can't lay hands on you to pray. But the Holy Spirit can move on you. All you need to do is open your heart, engage with the Holy Spirit, and welcome Him in whatever way that He wants to move on you. So I'm just believing the Lord is coming today and He wants to break free in you and He wants to break and blow away some cobwebs. There are a few things that the Lord has spoken to me for today. I want to especially mention this and that is there are a lot of people who are struggling, especially young people who are struggling in this time about having the same tendency, the same desire, the desire, the fullness for the same sex. And I really believe that God is saying that if you feel like that, I'm not just speaking to the people here today, I'm speaking to those who are watching online, wherever you're from. You feel as if that you have this desire for someone of the same sex. But I'm telling you, what you are feeling is not your own feeling. What you are feeling is a discernment. It's a word of knowledge. You're picking up on the environment that is around you. You do not need to own that feeling. You do not need to act on it. All you need to do is pray it away. All you need to do is reject it. Don't receive it because you are created, you know, in spirit, soul and body and your spirit is alive and you are feeling that you are sensing that but that is not you. This is one thing that Father God wants you to know. You need to reject that and you have the power to do that. Just say it in the name of Jesus, go away from me. Like I said, there are a few things that's coming to mind. One particular thing is in Matthew 8. The Lord said to me that like in Matthew 8, when this leper approached Jesus and he said to Jesus, you know, I know you are powerful, yeah? You can heal me if you want to. It's like, you know, he's saying that I know you can do this. That is if you want to. He took, he, a leper in those days were rejected outcasts, not allowed to come near anyone. He took a great risk by approaching Jesus. He has been walking with so much of rejection that he fears that Jesus might say, no, go away from me. The Lord is saying some of us here have been feeling this sense that Lord, I know you can help me. That is if you want to. You are not certain. You are not sure. And I want to say to you that God says, yes, I want to. Of course, I want to. That's what he said to the leper. Of course, I want to heal you. Of course, I want to set you free. Of course, I want to deliver you. Of course, I want to answer you. In your, pray, in your prayer, in your desperation, in the things that you are thinking, you dare not tell another person, I know and I want to come and help you. I feel like there's some, somebody out there, you're listening and you're coming to a place, you're on the crossroad and you're saying, could even be for somebody here. You're saying, it is so hard to be a Christian. I'm not sure about this Jesus thing anymore. I'm not sure that He is with me, that He will answer me. This thing that I am facing, that struggle that I have, could be eating disorder, could be addiction to pornography, could be self-cutting, whatever it is. You feel as if that is too shameful, it's too big, it's too wrong, it's too sinful. Jesus, I don't know, do you, will you want to help me? And 
the Lord is saying to you today, yes, of course I want to help you. Of course I want to set you free because He loved you even before you know Him. So this morning, I just want to invite my husband to come up here and we're going to start getting back into the flow of the Holy Spirit as like we did this morning. There is such a compassion of the Lord this morning for all of us. His love is so deep. His love is so perfect. He's saying, my children, I'm not afraid of the mistakes, your failure. I'm not afraid of the sins. I am here with you. He is greater than the sins, the power of sin. I am not saying that you should continue willfully sin. I'm not saying that this morning. But we have a way out. And even if it means that we say a few times a day, Lord Jesus, I am sorry. Forgive me. You have a way back to the Father. You need to believe that. Now, can we just stand? Just stand. Open up your heart to the Father. I want to give the first call. And that is if you have never accepted Jesus in your heart. You have come to church Sunday after, Sunday after Sunday. You watched online. But you never say, Jesus, come into my heart like my sister Kim. Today is the day. Now is the time. You don't need to wait for another day because life is precious, my friend. This is the season when things can happen just like that. Anytime, overnight. So make right with God today. So if it is you, where you're standing now, where you're watching now, give your heart to the Lord. And if you want to do that today and even rededicating your life to God, I want you to come up afterwards. I want you to see either secting Pastor Rachel, Pastor Anand is here, I think, and Ben. Some of the leaders, come and talk to them. Don't go away without talking to them. But let's say this together for the sake of those who have not given their heart to the Lord. You might have said this again and again, but let's say it together with them, okay? Let's pray this. Lord Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I need you to help me. I need you to heal me. I need you to help me to put away all the bad things I have ever done. I want to forgive everyone who have wounded me. And I forgive myself. Come, Lord. Be my master for the rest of my life. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, the Lord is saying that you need to forgive yourself. Don't let whatever challenges that you have stand in a way and become that barrier, become that wall between you and God. God will never turn away from you but you can turn away from God if you were to choose but you don't have to. Come back to the Father today and begin to ask Him to help you. So Thank you, Lord. Yeah, even before Pastor Anand shared about the, this, the heaviness, um, you know, this heaviness has been over the nations, it's been over the, over the church around the world, and the, the question is not, is, is there struggle, is there that spiritual opposition? The question is, are we going to break through this? That is God powerful enough? Is He good enough? Is He moving? Is, is it true that there is a fresh wind coming? And I believe the promise is, even with all this, the difficulty of COVID, what's going to happen in these next years is going to make us forget about this pandemic. So we're going to look at it in history and we're going to think that was a difficult time. But when we see the move of God, when we see the fresh wind, 
we are going to marvel at, at what, what God's done. And this is for you. This is for you today. And I believe that the Lord was saying to me during the worship, He said that there are some ones who are watching today, some who are here, who really have had like an oppression on your mind. You've struggled to hear the Word of God to you. You've, you've, you've felt like it's been closed off. You've felt like it's a spiritual struggle. And I want to say to you, we've all been in that place. I've been in ministry for, for, for 35 years, been a believer for coming up 40 years. And there have been times when I felt that oppression as well, when I felt, can I hear the voice of God? Can I hear God speaking to my spirit? So I know that there are some of you who are in that place today. But actually, that, that's not even a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is that God is breaking through for you today that that heaviness is broken, the fresh wind is blowing, and you are going to begin to hear the voice of God. You're going to begin to hear the voice of God so clearly that you're going to step into the supernatural. You're going to see people healed and delivered and set free. So if that's you today, as we pray, I want you to, to just say, God, I acknowledge that oppression, that heaviness that's been around my mind, the doubt, the fear, that you've called me, that, that call that's on my life, maybe it's gone. Maybe because I haven't been pursuing you like I have in the past, the call's taken away with the Lord's saying, the call is on your life. It's not a call. It's not just some kind of agenda from God. It's who you are. You are called of God. Just like that sister at the Bible school uh, uh, ministry shared, she's called of God. She couldn't run away. But the question is, will you move? Will you say, God, I accept your call. No matter how much you've struggled, no matter what things that you've struggled with, today the Lord's refreshing and renewing the call on your life, that relationship that He has. So as we finish a ministry today, if that's you, if you need to step by faith afresh into your call today, and you're saying, Lord, I'm willing to hear you. I'm willing to do whatever you call me to do. I want to move in the supernatural. I want to be uh, have the spirit of creativity. I want to be called uh, to the nations and to see that call to the nations. Step into that afresh because the invitation is here for you to do that today. Okay, we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to break some stuff off. Pastor Anand is done a really good job but we're going to cancel anything else that's standing in the way you know yourself better than anyone else do and God knows you as well as we pray I want you to lift up your voice and you break whatever that is standing in your way that is resisting you in prayer whatever it is if it is lukewarmness if it is a sin if it is something that is standing in the way between you and Father always remember Father God God is not away, but you need to break that wall down yourself. Lift up your voice. Don't be ashamed and break that. Break that. And we're going to sing over you. And I want the brother who is playing the drum. You're going to go for it when you feel it. Okay? Because God is doing the warfare on your behalf. He's going to roar at your situation. So Father, we say, come Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Release the fire of the Holy Spirit all over right now even right into the room that they are watching we say break the powers of darkness break shame how in the name of Jesus every addiction to pornography we say be gone right now every spirit of perversity be gone in Jesus name in Jesus name all the walls must come down come down tell your walls to come down in the name of Jesus Lord, release that revival that you are doing now. Fresh wind, that's right. Let it roll, let it roll. Hey! 
is what I saw. I saw that the Lord is removing some filthy garments, stuff that we have been wearing, and God replaced it with a robe of righteousness, a beautiful robe that is in the color of red, and that is His blood. I know we are not meant to lay hands on you, but if you want to respond, if you want to come out here, make a space, stand, not too close to each other, with your mask on, please come, please come and respond to what the Lord is doing. So I've just got one more thing here too. I'm just looking out and I see all the crosses on the chairs. You know, don't sit there so we, we keep distance. I, I know the meaning. But as I was suddenly, I mean, they've been there the whole time, but suddenly I just saw them in the Spirit. And I felt the Lord say that, that there's no forbidden place for you. There's no, not, there's no restricted place for you in the Spirit of God, in your relationship with God. And when I begin to look out over you, I can see huge ticks over, your, over each of you. The Lord's affirmation is on you. We can't sit in those chairs for good reason, but there's no restriction on you. The Lord is putting His tick, His affirmation, His Spirit is upon each of your lives today. No matter how you feel, no matter how you feel in your journey with Him, whether you feel powerful, whether you feel weak, whether you feel refined, or whether you feel free, you have the affirmation of the Father upon your life. Right, His tick is above you and is never leaving you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to say, you can't go here. I don't want you with me. I don't want you to sit next to me. He says, you are welcome with me every day. That is your relationship with me. So I want to prophesy over that from today on, your relationship with God is going to a new level. You're stepping into a new place in the Spirit without restriction, without hindrance. Amen. If you feel that the Lord is touching you and you want to come and respond, just take a space somewhere on that side or that side or here, wherever that you want to, or even where you are. But like I say, respond when the Lord is speaking to you and is touching you.